0: Welcome back, listeners, to a brand new episode of The New Standard. And hopefully I didn't confuse a lot of people with the new starting time uh, for the day at 9 Pacific Time, noon Eastern. And I want to thank Neil for accommodating the uh, quick shift in the schedule. And that's due to me being on vacation. So thank you. And I want to thank everybody that's participating in the show. Before we hop into everything, Want to introduce my partner in crime to my left? What's up, Big Neil? It uh,
1: it it's it's been a rough week here, Lance. We we've got some dissension in Steeler Nation. The 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 issues caused by what appears to be a general lack of effort on the field from second-year wide receiver George Pickens has the fan base enraged or highly highly defensive jingoist almost um, in regards to defending Pickens uh, who has not exactly appeared happy with the role the team has asked him to play or the results of the offense that sometimes it seems like he forgets he is a part of. And that has come to a head uh, yesterday in comments that Pickens made uh, when asked about his lack of effort and uh, the perception of that where he responded essentially that, Uh, People that are criticizing him don't play football. They don't know. And his reason for not literally showing no effort at all to block a defender who was one yard away from him on a a five-yard run by running back Jalen Warren was because he did not want to get rolled up on, which is another way of saying when your back is turned and the play kind of carries into you and rolls up over your legs and ankles, uh, something that Houston wide receiver – Uh, I knew I should have written this down. Um, Tank Dell. Tank Tank Dell. It happened to him. He broke his leg. He's out for the season. Unfortunately for Tank Dell, at least he was doing his job. George Pickens was not by any measurement um, seeable for anybody with the exception of Pickens. Pickens doesn't feel he did anything wrong. Pickens also went on to deny that he had a meeting with Mike Tomlin, something that Tomlin said uh, they did in an earlier press conference. Uh, So he is either calling Mike Tomlin a liar, or he is himself lying about meeting conversation, whatever that I would have naturally think did happen. But uh, Pickens is not exactly warming himself to the team or the fan base as of right now. And that, along with Tomlin brings up questions about his long-term future with the team. And it's a fair question to ask all of this Lance, while the Steelers are preparing for, if it even matters anymore, a must-win game (laughs) game against division rival Cincinnati, a team that has gotten a lot better since the Steelers had their one good game uh, over the second half of this season. And Lance is gone. I don't know where he went more time for me to talk, I guess. Everybody loves that back and forth there. That is Uh, with Cincinnati on the horizon. The Steelers playoff hopes are not eliminated as of yet, but they are as close to flatlined as possible. They will need to win out and they will need to get help in what's become a very uh, competitive mid-level playoff race in the AFC. Cincinnati is among those teams. Uh, as is Jacksonville, um, Kansas City, Buffalo, Miami, uh, several others that the Steelers are behind right now. They are pretty much bringing up the rear and are going to need to win this game and their last their their two following that at Seattle and at Baltimore to have any hope of qualifying for the postseason. I don't think too many people are really thinking about the playoffs, but the bottom line is they're going to play. Uh, until they don't have any games left on their schedule. And that's my opinion the way that it should be. We'll see what type of team comes out this weekend against a much better Cincinnati Bengals team. Um, there's a lot going on, Lance. Like we talked about offline, it, it's uh, it's everything right now. Everybody, um, needs, it, everybody needs certain things to happen in order for the playoff picture to uh, clear up. And the bottom line is the Steelers uh, not... Overly competitive for that right now, but not yet eliminated. Sunday will go a long way to determine how the season is going to finish.
0: Before we hop into the program, we
1: got a lot to get into.
0: It's going to be a spicy, juicy program. I'm sure some people are going to be pissed off by a couple of things that I say. But that's a good thing. That makes for a good program. And be sure uh, to like and subscribe to the program. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Happy festivists, uh, happy everything to everybody out there. Uh, and big up to everybody listening to the show, big Mark Sloss, Wes H, Robert Cotting, everybody out there listening to the program, Mr. Tummy, 10 vows. What's happening to everybody out there? Let's jump right into the big news of the week outside of the George Pickens, the thing that's probably going to determine. The outcome of the football game, and that's that. Mason Rudolph has been named the starter, and we 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 I were totally texting, forgot about that. <laughs> we were texting offline. Whoops! And uh, I likened the difference between. And let me apologize to Kenny Pickens because I said that there wasn't much difference between mitch trubisky and kenny pickens but clearly there is it's from replacement level replacement versus the basement that that's 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 the difference and mitch was at the basement but let me just think this is how i thought when i heard mason rudolph was going to be named to start i was thinking would i rather die from the bullet or the noose would i rather die from the bullet or the electric chair, arsenic, or strychnine. Uh, Hey, man, like, uh, how am I supposed to feel about Mason Rudolph starting? Like, uh, it sucks. It sucks that the Steelers are at a point in the season after 14 weeks, they got to start potentially Mason Rudolph. Now, to your point, Neil Stradamus, you might have pegged it. That uh Kenny Pickens is coming back because the Steelers were keen to show you, or different people covering the Steelers were keen to show you uh Kenny Pickens doing RPO handoffs. So we might see Mason Rudolph, we might see Kenny Pickens or Pickett. Sorry.
1: Thank you. It's just uh, testing you. So like five times in a row.
0: <laughs> so Pickett, he, Pickett Pickens. Picket pickings. so we might see Kenneth P play on
1: Saturday. What's your thoughts on this whole uh, Mason Rudolph starting? Bottom line, uh, after that last game, there's absolutely no way you can start Mitch Trubisky again. There's no way. Um, What I said was my thought is Pickett is a lot closer to coming back than we're probably going to think immediately after the game. And it – with that said, if he's not ready, they're going to go to Rudolph, but they are really going to hope that Pickett can play this weekend because I don't think they want Mason Rudolph starting anymore. Well, they, they're they okay with Rudolph starting ahead of, of Trubisky, but nobody else. They, they would not want that situation. I think they'll try to get uh, uh, Pickett out there as, as quickly as they can. I don't think that they want really anything to do with Rudolph. They've seen him. But the bottom line is, if you put all three of them together, and all three of those quarterbacks have had god-awful performances at some point over the last three seasons, Trubisky's against um, uh, – my God, Lance, who did they just play? Who the Steelers? (laughs) Against the Colts. Yes. Uh, Might have been the worst quarterback performance we've seen uh, from the, the Steelers in the last 30 years. He was awful. Not surprised he got benched and not surprised they're not going to let him start. We had these conversations a lot back in the day when, when Roethlisberger was under center. We don't know what Mike Tomlin is like with the quarterback. We don't know how quick his hook is going to be. All we've seen since Roethlisberger has been hurt in 2019 is he pulls guys pretty quickly. <laughs> and Trubisky earned that distinction more than any other quarterback we've seen uh, in Pittsburgh. In that Saturday game, it was flat out awful. There's no way you can play him again. Uh, if it's Rudolph, it's Rudolph. Um, if Pickett can play, then he should. If he's able to to protect himself and be able to deliver the ball down the field, he should play. Uh, it, it, it's his job anyway, but it, you just simply can't feel good about this team winning a game again. It, it's really, really hard to envision that.
0: Neil, let me ask you, uh, it, it happened to this question from Wes H. Do you think Mitch gets cut? at this point in the offseason, I I think he
1: can't come back. No, you're not going to cut him. There's no point. You've already put all the money in. You don't have another quarterback. Um, You you have to look – when you're a third-string quarterback, which is what uh, Trubisky is going to be, I I assume, for the rest of the season, um, when Pickett is back. If Pickett cannot play this weekend, Trubisky will be the backup. That's an emergency situation, and it's not about extracting a pound of flesh. It's about creating – Uh, The the best situation that you can for your team. And the bottom line, I I get the jokes. I know. Believe me, I'd make them myself. Mitch Trubisky is, of the, the healthy quarterbacks, the second best guy on the team. He has to be the quarterback if something happens to Mason Rudolph. I'd imagine they'll let Rudolph play all four quarters, but if something were to happen to him, Trubisky has to be the quarterback. That's the value that he has, though. It's a sunk cost. You've already put... Millions into Trubisky this season. Now ask me if he's going to be on the team next year. No, no, there's just no way. Not the way that he played the last two years. The the best value Trubisky had was experience within Matt Canada's offense. He had the year. He had the starting experience. He makes sense as a backup under that premise. Now I'll I'll say all this now and admit it's probably more of a knee jerk reaction. Uh, He's a veteran starter. No quarterback has played well in this offense. I don't think it's entirely because of the quarterback, but you have to look at this holistically. Uh, can can the team afford a better quarterback than what Trubisky is making? Yes. Do you want to spend that much on your backup quarterback? That's really the question. Um, they may or may not decide to do that. I, I don't know. Uh, but as it sits now, he absolutely will be on the team for the remainder of the season. They, they don't really have an option. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And,
0: in thinking about uh Kenny Pickett and his injury, it made me think of and I want and, and it felt like you freestyled uh that he is who he is. That kind of felt like uh Ivan Drago, if he dies, he dies. I don't know if you pulled that off the top of the dome, but if you did, I would be very impressed if you pulled off the he dies, he dies, <laughs> it transitioned it. The Steelers.
1: you know i i didn't but i'm going to from now on yes we'll, we'll remember this because was, i get the feeling we're going to be talking about terrible Steelers quarterbacks again in the was, future that was the greatest line ever if he dies, he dies. that was a classic line one of the Ivan best Drago. villain lines of all time yes <laughs> it was. Being and, one of the best villains of all time
0: and thinking of villains thinking of the one of the best heroes i think um you know if george pickens was confused Uh, And we're going to hop into that about him meeting uh, with Mike Tomlin. Maybe it was because Mike Tomlin was in the back of the Steelers locker room during the uh, Miyagi san, slapping his hands together and (laughs) rubbing them and putting them on Kenny's ankle so Kenny could heal.
1: I think all of Steeler Nation is doing that. Maybe maybe we all should. And maybe if we do that, we can get Daniel LaRusso to be the quarterback. That might be better than than what we have.
0: Yes, Kenny-san. So maybe uh, Tomlin-san, Mr. Mike Miyagi, can uh, rub Kenny's ankle and get it better. But let's transition to the other big juicy topic was the KZ suspension. Let me just ask you flat out. You think the KZ suspension was justified?
1: Ah, <sighs> um, look, the rules are pretty clear in in my opinion, and I said this at the time. He's going to get thrown out in the second that it happened. He's going to get thrown out. He's probably going to get suspended. He has five fines this season for unnecessary roughness. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to let you keep doing it. Okay, what people naturally want to do is equate singularly what happened uh, in the Colts game as the reason for his suspension. It's that plus the weight of everything else. At some point they have to send a real message because frankly he's not getting it. Okay. He's, he's just not, I'm sorry if you think that there is no possible way for you to be able to do your job in that situation, other than to fold the guy over, crack him square in the head, and knock him out of the game. You Just you can't do that anymore. Okay, it, it's as simple as that. We can get into nine thousand different reasons at at the ground level of the challenges of that. But as far as the league is concerned, they're not going to allow players without punishment to continue playing that kind of football. You ju- it's just not going to happen. So whether it should be legal or not, because yes, that pass. Couldn't have been more dangerous. If anything, you can make the argument it's throws like that that get guys in trouble more than defenders hitting them because you don't really have a choice. He's got to go for the ball at some point. But the reality is you're supposed to hit him in the chest and he missed. He hit him square in the head. Extremely dangerous play. I'm not saying that he's dirty. I'm just saying that it's it's poor technique. And that's more of the problem with the game overall. We are saying the same things as we were 11 years ago when James Harrison was getting fined every other game for the stuff that he was doing. If you saw James Harrison today doing the things that he's doing, you'd be appalled because you're not used to it. They clearly have advanced, okay? It's gotten better in regards to those kinds of hits, but it's not gonna go away permanently. And the reality is the the league has to show they're doing something. Otherwise, they're gonna continue to get sued. They're gonna continue to be culpable for a lot of the problems and they are at the end of the day i know that they are you know that they are but the reality is in a courtroom if they can't say that they've tried anything what are they supposed to do i mean that that's that's the only way they can possibly defend it even if it is something that is largely indefensible and if you are the if, if you want to go after the league and say that it's not defensible it's their fault why do we have a game then okay the league needs to fund this what we watch our hobby our our lifeline in a lot of cases we want to continue watching the game the game has to change okay so kz's hit it can't be allowed it just can't yeah okay there's no other way around it yeah and it's it's interesting
0: that when i'm watching games i don't necessarily react super emotionally uh during games it's kind of somewhere it's kind of me watching games and trying to observe in a way that I can bring you guys some content. Uh, I, I, I don't really watch the game emotionally. And when I was watching the game, I kind of thought like you, Neil. When he hit him, I was like, oh, he's getting, he's thrown out. That's kind of all I thought. I was like, oh, that's a bad one. He's thrown out. But I, I'll say to this, and you brought up two really good points. The one is, I don't think any of us has ever heard of the term the sixth time is a charm. I don't think anyone has <laughs> heard her That's six times a charm. I mean, the guy got fined five times. I mean, at some point, you're going to get suspended. I mean, period. Learn a different way. You know, when the question is, well, what is he supposed to do? Uh, figure it out. He's a paid professional. Figure yeah, out a way sure. to play where you keep your other player safe. That's it. You've got to figure it out. And, and, and that's part of the technique that's got to be taught by the coaching staff, so on and so forth. But he's got to figure out a way. Uh, the other thing is, to your point about the football point of it, about the bad throw, you know, when I saw that throw, that throw reminded me. Uh, and um, and I'm not remembering. I can picture the wide receiver's face in my head, but it made me think of the Kirk Cousins throw. Uh, not Kirk Cousins. Um, what's the quarterback uh, from the Rams? Hall of Famer, uh, Kurt Warner. Warner, the Kurt Warner throw. When he laid out uh, the wide receiver in Arizona, when he got his spleen ruptured or something, when he laid him out in the <laughs> middle of the field on a post route, he got absolutely I, killed. I, I think I can't uh, remember that. but I, I remember I think I, I, the guy I think was from Florida State, the wide receiver, big guy, uh, really big physical, sort of like an Eric Moulds build type. And he yeah. laid him out and he got absolutely killed. And the problem was the throw. I mean, if he throws it, guys are trained to go get it. I mean, so um bad throw, bad decision by K Z, and that transitions us to Antonio Pickens. <laughs> and you gave us a little bit of uh your thoughts on Antonio Pickens. But let me just say this. And and, and I highlighted and, and pick up the sloss. Uh, and I highlight, let me, let me pull this out here, Mark Sloss's comment. Uh, it's not this one, actually. It's this one here. This is what happens, responding to Pickens in his comments, when the head coach doesn't hold people accountable, suspend him without pay. Let me just say this terrible or, or this badly veiled secret in the National Football League. Winning Trump's accountability. I think that's. Something that is hard for us to square at times, depending on the narrative and so on and so forth. But winning Trump's accountability. The Pittsburgh Steeler guys in the 70s, the Steel Curtain guys, those were bad guys. (laughs) They were bad guys. But guess what? They were really good at football. So guess what they were allowed to do? Be bad guys. A lot of those guys did some bad stuff overall, whatever, you know, I mean, Ernie Holmes shot at a guy in a helicopter. Uh, So it's accountability versus winning. Shot at a cop in a helicopter. Yeah, he shot at a cop in a helicopter. So here's the problem with it's George different Pickens. World. Different it's different world. And it's a different world, true. But here's the problem with George Pickens is you can't be a turd and not ball. You can't be a turd, not ball, and not win. Being a turd in the National Football League is something you can be, as long as you're winning and you're balling. Problem with Pickens, he ain't playing well. They're not playing well, and the fan base would probably largely forgive him if he was going out there getting ten or fifteen targets for 150 with three touchdowns. He could say whatever he want but winning is always going to trump accountability. And the Steeler way is winning. That's what it is. What's your whole thoughts before we jump into a couple other topics on this show, Neil, about the picking stuff?
1: Accountability is the right word. Um, Personally, I don't like hearing the cliche, the motivational coach, Mike Tomlin. I think that, that there's a sense of coded racism involved with that. Motivation is not high on the priority list for an NFL coach. Their mo- The player's motivation is money, uh, victory, fame. Those things are apparent for every player, every game. And as as they say, the eye in the sky doesn't lie. If you put down good tape, you're gonna get paid, okay? That's their motivation. If they don't work hard, they're not going to get better. And if they don't continue to improve, their tape isn't going to improve and they're not going to get paid. That's the economy. That, that's how they get them to do the things that they do out on the field. It is not Mike Tomlin's job to deliver a, a rocky speech to George Pickens before every single game. It is not Mike Tomlin's job to fire him up and do all these stupid, cliche things that people think coaches do. It's not how it works. Okay, They can yell and scream all day. That doesn't mean the player goes out in the field and does it. And keep in mind, this isn't just pickings. Deontay Johnson literally did not move off the line because he was bitter and pissy about the officials incorrectly calling what should have been a touchdown. It's not the head coach's job to ensure that these guys play every snap hard. But it is the head coach's job to receive the feedback Coming from the veterans on the team, we've heard them talk about this. It is their job to make sure there is a consequence for you not giving your all. Because you have to, to be a part of the team, it's the least thing that they can do. If Pickens doesn't want to do that, fine. Get him the F out of here. You don't want to play ball the right way, ah If you don't want to play the game hard, (laughs) ah (laughs) We know that because it's exactly what they did with Chase Claypool. And frankly, Claypool plays harder than Pickens does right now. Pickens has not improved from last year to this year. And I, I take a minute to pat myself on the back. Nobody listening to this show knew who George Pickens was until they drafted him. I was the one who went ballistic over how excited I was that they drafted George Pickens because I felt with the right mentorship, the right leadership around him, he can get over these issues, which happened to him in college as well, and turn into a, a solid professional wide receiver with unlimited talent. Not a question of talent with him. But when you half-ass everything, you don't improve. And we are not seeing a different player in year two compared to year one. The great players of the game improved tremendously from year one to year two. Pickens didn't do that. All I see now is it, it's, it's coming home to roost. He doesn't work hard. He doesn't want to put in the effort on the field unless he's getting the ball. This is the same guy in the offseason who said he really likes blocking because it's his opportunity to be seen. I said at the time, I don't know how much I like where his head is with it, but if the end result is he's going to go out and block hard because he's going to equate blocking the same way he would make it a big play, I love it. It's great. He doesn't do that. Deontay Johnson doesn't do that. I can't help but wonder if there's not a problem that exists between the two of them, and they're both doing it. Frisman Jackson, the wide receivers coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, is not responsible for those guys playing hard. Deontay Johnson and George Pickens are. Period. Period. If they are still required to play because they don't have anybody else, which is true, you've got a bigger problem on your hands because there's not much you can do during the season. That's why it was such a big deal when they traded tr- traded Claypool last year. The only way they were going to trade him and I said it on this show is if they got completely blown away by an offer. And they did. That's not going to happen for George Pickens if this is the stuff that he's doing, okay? It, they they might be able to get a low second round pick for him, but something's going to have to change. Whether that's in his exit interview. Look, we're going to we're going to search around for a trade partner. We don't like your attitude. We don't like the way that you approach this. We can't win with guys like you. But here's the bad news. We're not trading you unless we get what we want out of it. So you might be stuck here knowing we don't like you all that much, and you might get stuck in the doghouse. That's not giving you more film. That's not making you a better player. That's not leading you to more money. If you don't have that as an NFL player, yeah, I bet you don't want to try or play. But Pickens has had every opportunity to do what he needs to do Uh, to better his situation, and he hasn't done it. And now he looks like a slack ass who is openly talking about how he doesn't want to get hurt on a football field. When's the last time you heard a player say that? He's a football player, okay? He's a football player, or at the very least, he should be because that's what he's on the field to do. Instead, in my opinion, he's a YouTube receiver. He wants to make highlight plays and nothing else. He doesn't want to do – he's a trick shot golfer. He needs to do more to be a professional receiver as a player and as a man. He needs to get out and and do the things that he has to do. If he isn't willing to do that, a lot of good receivers in the league. The most fungible position in the NFL next to running back. There are a lot of guys that could step in and play. If he doesn't want to do that, get rid of him. Get rid of him. And I love the usage of
0: at, in it. you know, if you're ah. a Yenzer, I, I I love it. Uh, it made me look up some of the other, uh, Pittsburghies. I don't use, I don't use a lot of. Well, I'm looking at, I, I do use buggy. Uh, if you don't know what a buggy <laughs> I have, is, I have that's a
1: story sh- about that.
0: A shopping cart. Um, uh, what's the other one? Nebby. I always use Nebby. Uh pop. I say I don't say pop too much anymore. Uh, but I definitely use uh Nebby and uh Gumband for sure. uh <laughs> I I use Gumband for sure. Uh so yeah, those are some Pittsburgh, but I think you're spot on, man. Like at some point, guys just gotta be professional. And I can't I can't coach you to be professional, like it
1: just is what it is. And The the part that bugs me, and sorry, I'm not trying to interrupt, but the part that bugs me more than anything is people will the the people who hate Mike Tomlin immediately jump to, it's Tomlin's fault. It's always Tomlin's fault. No, it isn't, okay? If your coworker isn't working, that's on your coworker. That's not on your boss. It's on your boss to get rid of him, but you don't want to do that because you don't think he's the problem. You think Tomlin's the problem. It doesn't work that way. George Pickens is not going to get Mike Tomlin fired. OK, he is not nearly big enough. He is not nearly good enough to get Mike Tomlin fired. Antonio Brown didn't get Mike Tomlin fired. Antonio Brown did all kinds of stuff that typically would get the player removed from the team. Eventually, he did. You don't have enough sway to, you know, it, it's, it's Pickens. Pickens is either going to get traded or he's going to be on the team. That's like most players, you know, but Pickens is the one with actual trade value. You know, you can get rid of him. But if the veterans on the team hate him. He's not going to be there. And frankly, yes. he's an asshole. I don't think anybody wants to play with him right now. If that's the way he's going to be. It has nothing to do with talent. He just thinks he is more important than everybody else. His own investment is more important than anything else. And that that's thats bullshit. You can't win like that. You're not going to be able to rally the troops around what you need to do with a guy like that. You can't even count on him to, to block a cornerback who's literally half his size because he's afraid of getting run over – by guys that are seven, eight yards away from them. That's garbage. I, I, you're not going to win with guys like that. And it seems like
0: uh, the Steelers could possibly, in the offseason, run the sweeper and uh, get him up out of here. Uh, <laughs> and so it'll be interesting to see what happens to Pickens. But what I'll say to this is, and what's up to Black Jack Novak, uh, this kind of bleeds into the Steeler way. And should the Steelers start or rebuild? And there's a lot been said. Of course, when the Steelers struggle, there's always a conversation about uh, the Steelers way. And from my perception, the Steelers way has always been winning. I mean, how you win, you just win. I mean, that, that's consistent winning is the Steeler way. Like, there isn't some manifesto that's been written, uh, you know, the Ten Commandments of the Steeler way. But I think that bleeds into restart or renew. And, and I just wanted to look up in Webster's restart, transitive verb, to start anew, renew, transitive verb, restore to freshness. When you look at those two words, in my perspective, because a lot has been talked about, you know, Tomlin coming back, you know, is he going to be the coach next year? Should they fire Tomlin? And, of course, that, you know, is, is justified and warranted, I think, at this point in time. If you asked me restart or renew, I would say restart. But given the Steelers, and restart meaning new coach, new staff, you restart this thing. But I'm not going to be surprised if at this point in time next year, the Steelers are eight and six and Mike Tomlin is the head coach, that we see the same exact thing because they will try to restore to freshness something that is stale. That is not working. So if I were to ask you, and I think I know where you lie, but I want to ask everybody out there. And by the way, you're checking out the new standard with Neil Kulong and Lance Williams restart
1: or renew. What would you do? Neil? Um, I, I think it's, a, you have to factor in how the league operates now. And, what fuels the economy of the league and there there are multiple pieces that come into that the best way to to determine that is by looking at who the most consistent best teams are right now um add somebody else to this if you disagree with me but overall i would say it's philadelphia it's kansas city probably baltimore at a lower level to some degree all of these teams acquired a quarterback who could play at a high level. All of these teams shifted their offensive philosophy prior to that quarterback into what they have now. All of them made coaching changes after or right before that quarterback came into to power, if you will, and made something out of it. The Steelers have nothing in common with any of those teams, okay? You're going in the wrong direction, if that's the case. And I'm, I'm just throwing out three teams as an example without diving in a whole lot to the details. But Sirianni replaces uh, Chip Kelly, who was a complete disaster. Or excuse Doug Peterson replaced Chip Kelly. Then Sirianni replaces Peterson. And Peterson got a lot of good things going for the franchise. They started to build a foundation. They had quarterbacks that they got to perform at a high level in Wentz before he fell apart and Hurts now before he fell apart. Um, Kansas City, you had Alex Smith with Andy Reid, but everything really took off in Kansas City when Mahomes got there. And they sat Mahomes. They developed him. He was a a guy they gave up assets to acquire, as did Baltimore, by the way, drafting Lamar 32nd overall. They traded back to, to come up and get him. I think, right? They had two first-round picks that year. They took the tight end first, then Lamar. They made a move of some type. You have to go get the guy that you want and then take that as commitment that we need to build around this. Again, the Steelers haven't done any of this. The Steelers got the first quarterback in one of the worst quarterback drafts we've seen recently, and he has not produced anything inside of a scheme that is often mocked and ridiculed in nfl circles it, it couldn't be less of what the top teams are doing they're not doing enough for me to suggest you can keep a lot of this in place i said that last year that's when they made a bunch of moves that you know not destroying the entire foundation but what the hell is that sorry i just heard a really weird noise over here um they were able to add pieces to what they thought that they needed to do. They had other new coaches come in, um, assistant general manager, primarily looking at scouting, which is something they'd never done, along with the new general manager. You felt that there was a lot more uh, in place for them to succeed. And at best, the same thing has happened this year as it has in the last two years. It didn't work. I, I, what are you going to build on? What can Mike Tomlin say this offseason that convinces you it's not going to be like the last three years now? I can't imagine he hasn't said the exact same thing after the last two. We know that because the results have been exactly the same. At, at some point, it, you know, I, I've been saying this for the last two weeks, you have to ask yourself, is this looking good or what? Do you think this is working? What about this is working for you? To me, nothing. And that doesn't mean I think that Mike Tomlin is a terrible coach. I'm not looking to punish Tomlin. I am just simply saying the message might not be holding anymore the way that it used to. Or there are not enough guys in the locker room who are buying into it the same way. If that's the case, you can't really fix that. Okay? You can't clone Minka Fitzpatrick, who's going to carry the water. He's the guy with the contract. Of course he is. You have to get the younger guys wanting to buy into it, and they're not. And if that's the case, you can't get rid of all of them. You got to find something that's going to work while you gradually get rid of the bums that you brought in. Okay, let's keep that in mind. They brought these players in, so collectively, there's a lot of problems here. And it, to me, it just, it, 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 I okay, I will say this: my tune can change over the next three games. I'm not writing it off right now. But we just watched probably the worst three-game losing streak we have ever seen in our lifetime of the Steelers. It was that bad. Three terrible games in a row. And all of them were must-win. They were favored in two of the three. Could have been favored in the third if they won the first two. It was a horrible time for the slide that they had. And they earned the position that they're in. Won a couple close games early. But they've completely fallen apart. And I, I don't know how else to describe where they're going except down. And if that's the case, I, I don't I don't know how you keep what you have. I think you need to start over.
0: Yeah, I absolutely think there's a, a restart needed. And to that point, you know, that brings up. And by the way, I, I know you guys have noticed. We have not talked about the Sting- Steelers versus Bengals game one second. And that shows it, it, you... We're
1: waiting, we barely even talked about Rudolph starting it. That's, that's how yes, crazy... We should have just made this an hour-long show. We should have just said that. that that's what shows... That's what
0: tells you where the Steelers are right now, but it also speaks to... And, and, and we kind of alluded to it. Um, we talk about it from this perspective of Tomlin has no value left, but you brought up something very interesting. Is that one is the Steelers' job really an attractive one? I would tell, I would say that the brand is attractive. No, no. Yeah, the exactly. roster is the brand is attractive, <laughs> but
1: the roster is not. No, and not I with the, think, not with the cap situation that they have with no quarterback. It, it, it's it, sorry to, to to jump in on this. Fans think. The greatest offensive mind in the game absolutely wants to come be the offensive coordinator for the Steelers. No, he doesn't. There is no way any ambitious coordinator wants this job. There's no way. To do that, you need to make him the head coach. And to make him the head coach, you've got to compete against every other team in the, every other team with an opening. If they're not going to pay him, okay, the way it was with Tomlin, and I'm not saying this is why they hired Tomlin, but – I think it's pretty obvious of the candidates that they interviewed back in 2007, six and seven, he probably would take the job for the least amount of money because he had the least amount of leverage. Okay. That's not going to be the case anymore. That's not the way the NFL works anymore. They can't go out and find the diamond in the rough. Everybody knows who that big offensive minded guy is. There are going to be three of them on Kyle Shanahan's staff that I would love have running this team. All of those guys know what they have, and they're going to be in high demand. If you want to go out and hire Frank Reich for the 80th time and act like he's not going to take you know, more than $3 million, you're wrong. The, the financial piece of it is going to come into play. It's going to have to. And with that, who, are you, who do you think you're going to bring in? I, I don't know, but they're going to have to spend is my point. So it's not as simple as just go out and find somebody new. They can replace Tomlin, but they're going to have to pay. And to some degree, I think that's a big part of why they're keeping him. They'd rather go with the expensive devil they know versus the, the expensive devil they don't. It's going to have to cost them a hell of a lot more in today's money than it did when they hired Tomlin initially back in, in 2007.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I, I, I don't think Kenny Pickett
1: provides much gravity. Yeah, why would traction? they want that? So you have, you gotta, you have to pay – and then you, your job is to make Kenny Pickett into something. Yeah, I don't, I don't that's, think that's you know, priority number one. Do you yeah. want that? I mean maybe I'd rather... maybe I, it's not gonna happen now. This is just the argument I've I've leaned on for however long. If it's the Bears' job, it seems like Matt Eberflus is, has fixed things there, they're a much better team than they were earlier in the season. If if it was that situation, every head coach wants that. You either have Justin Fields or you trade Justin Fields. For even more draft compensation, and you're still drafting number one. You're good either way. You either get Caleb Williams, and or a boatload of picks, which you already have. That's an attractive job. That's one that you might say, you know what? I'll take less in the first two years. If we're at this point, I want to raise. You know, Steelers, you can't do that. What's their future? You yeah, don't really every, have one. Every time know? I
0: hear Chicago, I have to ask the question: Deep dish
1: or thin slice? Uh, I, look. I think deep dish pizza gets a <laughs> terrible unearned <laughs> reputation. I, I think it's really good, but I, I'm i firmly down the middle. I, there's not a type of pizza I don't like, you know, but huh? I, I like deep dish. I like New York style. I like thin crust, kind of thin crust. My, thin crust is all about the toppings, all about the toppings. I don't necessarily want that. I'm going to order a pizza for lunch. I'm, I'm going to throw a curveball. uh, I yeah, like Detroit. See, this is what style. I'm talking about. This, this is just this is so completely wrong. It is absolutely not like ass. Ass is yes. like ass. Okay, <laughs> dish pizza is not like ass. No. I don't. I don't get you people. What's wrong? Yeah, with Yeah, it is not.
0: I I like Detroit style too. I like right. when they, when they make it in the pan. They got the crispy edges. Hey, man, bread is, is a good thing. Bre- yeah. Bread is a good yeah. thing.
1: You know, honey and the pepperoni pizza. I've heard I've, that's a thing now. People do that now. Um, really? I've, I've had it with chicken before. Uh, it's not bad. I'm not a big honey guy, and the the sweetness of it isn't my thing. But it, I get why people like it. Oh, Grayson just lost me. Ketchup on hot dogs?
0: Come on, man. Come on, Grayson. I, I can't. I can't do ketchups. He said, "F Chicago." They You're don't from allow Pittsburgh. you to put-
1: You don't put ketchup on your hot dog.
0: <laughs> I don't put ketchup on hot dogs
1: why nah, not just what mustard. do you put on a hot dog I put
0: mustard sauerkraut I, i'm a mustard guy uh, i like mustard, mustard sauerkraut I, and onions that that's 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 get rid of the I sour
1: a, sauerkraut is for the life of me i don't i won't ever I, understand why people i love like that. sauerkraut is is it's the German I can tolerate it. some onions i get if you're gonna do onions, you need to do relish, and then you're doing like the whole jumbo Chicago. I can't dog do relish. Dish. My wife loves relish. Oh, yeah. My hot
0: dogs. I, I but I, I got that's the German in me. That's the North Side, uh, Manchester, Pittsburgh German in me. I yeah, go straight mustard get around here. I don't uh, get it. At you all. know, I go sauerkraut is lovely. Uh Mr. Oh. Tubby said pizza's like sex. When it's good, it's good, and when it's bad, it's still pretty good. <laughs> probably that's probably a
1: sauerkraut on it (laughs) (laughs) that's no good (laughs) that's been done you know that's been done some some foodie hipster is is trying to put sauerkraut on pizza and market it and it's failed yeah yes yes it's probably been uh terrible uh so let
0: me let me transition and we're laying out a little bit more it's vacation so we're taking a little bit longer with the show there's some really good topics this week um but I think you struck upon, and talking about Tomlin and the coaching thing, the other thing about Tomlin and I don't think many people want to mention it is that Tomlin has a little <laughs> bit of leverage in this situation, uh, especially with some of these jobs that are coming vacant. And honestly, if I'm Tomlin and I'm looking at this roster and I'm looking at Kenny Pickett, unless he sees something in Kenny Pickett that no one else sees because he coaches him every day, and that could be the case, I mean, I, the Los Angeles job, if offered, hey, man, <laughs> trade for me. Uh, that, that sounds really good. I mean, that that L.A. job is a job that if I could get is the elephant in the room, why not go to L.A. and have Justin Herbert? I mean, I don't know if that could happen, how plausible that is, but that's that's the elephant in the room out there. And we also talked about it last week about how the fact that Thomas
1: not on an extension. So, you know, his job Tomlin's, is Thomas Thomas entering the final year of his contract yeah. in 2024. Head coaches don't enter the final year of their contract. So, it it when you have that one year left, if you are not interested at that moment in extending him, you're going to fire him or he's going to quit because he's not going to coach into the last year of his contract. There's no stability. Guys aren't going to listen to you because they don't think that you're going to be there. You have to, you have to stand behind your coach, whoever it is for whatever reason. I'm not saying that you should or shouldn't, but as an organization, if you can't do that in writing with financial commitment, you you don't have a coach. So it, it, it really all comes down to that. The fact that they didn't sign an extension, I don't know if that's, Tomlin's choice or the team's choice or maybe both. But there's reason to think either one of them might not have wanted to to sign an extension last season. Um I don't know what this season does for for Tomlin uh financially with the Steelers, but that's the other thing with this too. The market of of the market price of coaching has gone up astronomically in the last 10 years, okay? Less than that even. Right now, Sean Payton is making over $20 million a year to coach. Okay, Tomlin signed with the Steelers initially. He probably made like $2 million. That value has gone up tremendously because you see the impact that type of coach can make on an organization. Tomlin can probably get that with another franchise. Somebody new off the street, you're paying retail. That's what you have to spend for a coach with with his level of experience, with his level of success. The Steelers they're not going to pay a coach $20 million a year. So in, in my mind, you're at an impasse. And I think it's true for both sides. Tomlin can make substantially more money somewhere else, and maybe this just doesn't work anymore for him. We don't we don't know that. We, he might not even want this job anymore. And for the team, they're going to have to gut everybody. So they're spending a bunch of money this offseason that they don't typically want to do. <laughs> yes, and thank you for that. We want to point this out. Um, before we get out of here. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I'll make sure,
0: please support a friend of the program, Doug Farrar, uh, and his GoFundMe. He's trying to raise money for his daughter's bone marrow transplant. So please, if you see the link and I'll put the link in the description of the program in this Christmas season, in this holiday season, uh, let's make sure we support Doug. And try to, uh, you know, do what you can uh, and try to support Doug in terms of trying to raise money for uh, his daughter's bone marrow transplant. And again, I will put this in the description and uh, I'm going to shoot something out to Doug myself. But I am
1: tweeting it now as well with the handle of uh, the new standard on Twitter. If you guys are there, Um, please check it out. If you can give something, that'd be absolutely fantastic. Um, I know Doug's family very well. Uh, they're great people. A really uh, sad, unfortunate, scary situation uh, for all of them. Any help that you guys can give uh, would be absolutely yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So pray, as Robert Cotting is saying, definitely
0: pray, but also definitely pay if you can. Shoot a little dough out there, uh, you know, so this so we can make this happen. Doug's been really supportive of the program and does a fantastic podcast himself. Uh, with, uh, why am I forgetting his name, uh, with with the outstanding uh, Greg Cosell. Uh, Greg Cosell, yeah. They do a fantastic show, really X's and O's, diving into that part of football. But as we approach the hour mark, a- as we lay out a little bit more, let's just jump into this game real quick, Neil. Uh, and let's look at from two perspectives, the Kenny perspective or the Mitch, or excuse me, not the Mitch perspective,
1: the Mason perspective. Give me your prediction for this game. Um, I, it's impossible for me to pick the Steelers. Um, gotta be the Bengals. Uh, you, you're seeing some good things from them. I think the Jake Browning phenomenon is not quite what people want it to be so much. Um, but he's, he's a solid player and he has absolutely outplayed the Steelers quarterbacks over the last three weeks. So, um, I, I like their chances quite a bit. I'm thinking something to the effect of, uh, Cincinnati 23, uh, Pittsburgh 16, If I'm not
0: mistaken, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that the Bungles are two-point favorites in this game. Probably, yeah. Sounds about right. And if I'm guessing, if they're two-point favorites in Pittsburgh, they would probably be – With a backup quarterback. With a backup quarterback. They'd probably be, what, five-point favorites if it was in Cincinnati? I'd say three-and-a-half to four. Three-and-a-half to four. I mean, going into this game, I think the big thing is uh, both teams are pretty banged up. Minka's going to be out. Yeah. Uh,
1: Chase is going to be out. for yeah. Steelers don't uh, have a safety. I mean, they're both of their starting quarterback, starting safeties and their top backup are out. KZ uh, on suspension. Minka's hurt with the knee injury. We didn't get a whole lot of uh, uh, positive prognosis for the future for him. Keanu Neal's been out for the, for the last couple games now. Um, I mean, they got nobody, I mean, they've opened invitations coming in. They, they did get, uh, Elijah Riley back, uh, into practice this week, or they're, they're going to practice him. You probably expect him to be added to the roster for the sake of depth. And they signed, uh, to the practice squad, Jalen Elliott. Uh, if, if he's a call up, it'll probably be for special teams. Cause you're going to have miles Killebrew and, and possibly Riley, I guess, starting in this game. Um, they're they're in or or Trenton Thompson. I mean that they're in they're in a real tough spot in their deep secondary. It's gonna be a problem. Yeah, I mean I think
0: and big up to T Tumase. I, I I could never pronounce people's names. I should just stop trying. Big up, thank you. Tomaselli Thomaselli uh, is what I was going with. T Thomaselli. Uh, thank you. Thank you for your for your kind words. We try to do our best. Um and, and looking at this game, I mean how can you bet that the Steelers will will get more than fourteen points I mean I mean they average fifteen uh you got Mason Rudolph playing uh you've got a pouting picket pouting picket picks a pepper pickle pout and I just I mean I think there's a big hole in the side of the boat and the Steelers are leaking I mean it's just it's just they're leaking it's a bad time uh you know, I, I, I think they get hammered in this game. Uh Handsy Junior uh, is going up against two good, solid receivers. Even there, if they don't a have a chance,
1: Joey Porter picks up a penalty. It's <laughs> a
0: pi.
1: There's your alliteration right there. <laughs> eleven. Is it eleven? It'll be twelve. Hansy. Um So,
0: I, I, I just think that they lose this game. I think where. They are I, I don't think there's any Tom and heroics that he can pull out of his arse to get this team going. I think it's just a bad team and I think December football exposed them as frauds. I mean we saw how they were playing all year and we know the emphasis on December football and Tomlin said it a lot in his press conference about September ball versus December ball, how they're doing September things in December. This is a September football team uh, that's been exposed for what it is. It's an average team, has been an average team this entire year that got some bounces. They won in true Tomlin fashion, ugly, getting outgained, getting a key turnover here or there. That's not just a formula to sustainability. We've said this probably for the last three seasons. They don't play a sustainable style of winnable football. Uh, And so with that being said, being super long-winded, I think they're going to get their ass whooped. I think they're going to get blown out. I think they're going to get hammered in this game. Uh, I think they're going to get their ass whooped in this game. I think they lose. I think they lose by double digits. And uh, the epitaph is written that this season is over. Um, And I'm not ever encouraging them to lose for better drafts. I don't believe in that stuff because I think winning – Uh, begets winning. Winning teaches you how to win and what you need to do to prepare to win. So I think winning is always a good thing, whether you go to the playoffs, get blown out in the first week or not. It it, it brings that taste into your building. But I think this team is just going in the wrong direction. It's banged up. You're down to your third quarterback. You're playing a divisional opponent that knows you very well, knows how to attack you. I think they're going to get hammered. I think they're going to get absolutely hammered this weekend, which means they'll win by 14. But uh, if I were to pick this game, I think that Cincinnati wins this game. 28-13. I think somehow they score a touchdown and kick a couple of field goals and they get beat 28-13. And Jake Browning looks like Joe Burrow when he comes to Accra Shore. How would you say Accra Stadium? Acra Hines Fieldium. Acrines, <laughs> Phil.ium, and it's going to be interesting. I think the more interesting thing about the game will be, man. I, 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 I want to see the empty seats, man. I might be counting empty seats because uh, I, I, I know, man. It can't
1: be. It... Yinzers the aren't coming to that game. <laughs> That's They're what I'm no saying. I, 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 They're not coming Bowl downtown. Of, well, for probably that. not Bengals fans either. But yeah, it's you know, it, it's. It's super expensive, uh, to, to, you know, just the act of going to the game. People freak out about that as if it's like some indication of the fan base. No, it, it's just not all that much fun to go watch a, a bad team play football for, you know, $200, uh, just to get to the place.
0: Yes. park gas. Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> and big up the grim LOKG, sorry, late for the
1: funeral procession, uh,
0: uh, hey, but you know, know what?
1: We look, we've, we've seen this team in this spot before, and they've, they've turned it around. I remember um, you and I freaking out before the show <laughs> when they beat Baltimore in overtime. That came and didn't look like either team wanted to win. Um, we've, we've seen them pull crazy stuff out. It's just the, the feeling on this team is just very, very different compared to what it's been. Um, it, it, they're not competing in these games, and it's embarrassing. Uh, it, it things like that are not conducive to the idea that they can write the ship this late in the year i just i don't see it happening i hope i'm wrong but you know I, I i probably after you said that i'm probably more with you i think maybe it'll be a larger deficit of a loss i'm sticking with 2316 because that's what i said but 2613 sounds nice right now too well we know they're probably not going to
0: score 20. 20- and they're definitely not scoring thirty, and so yeah, that would be something. Man, they, they don't have a they haven't scored
1: thirty this season. But with that, we're going like to go ahead and conclude years. the program. Go ahead, what you say, Neil? I, they haven't scored thirty in three years, I don't think. When's the last time they scored thirty points? I think Someday they scored
0: point. thirty last year against the Bengals in the second did game. They? I think they scored in the second game. It was game. close. They,
1: I don't think they did. I think it was like they got blown out. Twenty six. They got killed. But yeah, they they got some garbage points. Yeah, they got some garbage points late. Kenny threw for maybe about
0: 300 yards or something, and they got beat kind of in garbage time. But with that, man, we're going to go ahead and conclude the program. We wanted to lay out a little bit longer, give you guys an hour since I'm on vacation. West picked 37-3. to 3, So we wanted to and lay I, out a little
1: bit. It was 37-30 Bengals win last Yeah, week. yeah, that yeah. yeah and I think 30. it was a
0: late touchdown. I think they yeah, got was, a late touchdown in the game.
1: High. Yeah. Um, how about 30, 30 points and a win? <laughs> Look for that. <laughs> <Yeah. coughs> That's <laughs> more important. Your Google fingers might have to work very fast to find that one. Loss, loss. I gave up 41 in back-to-back weeks. You remember that? that yes. Was great. Absolutely. Was another... yeah, next show. Next show. The tie against Detroit, followed by the back-to-back losses, the 41-37 to the Chargers, and then 41-10 to the Bengals, which is like the worst game ever. Um, Remarkable. But, yeah, Yeah, didn't score 30. Yeah, there's been some stinkers.
0: See, You see how – and this just – the difficulty in finding it it just kind of speaks to it all. And with that, we're going to go ahead and conclude the program. Thanks for laying out with us for a little bit longer. A lot of topics to go through. If you can, please, I'm going to put the link for the GoFundMe for Doug on the show. Please, if you can, do something for Doug. And with that, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Festivus for everybody out there. And we're going to conclude the show. And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Go Steelers.